Today's daf is daf Chav Dalid, page 24, in the Heligam Masechus Nadarim. Uh, we have already made headway into daf Chav Dalid. We pick up from Toshima. Ha'imer lechaveroi kainam sha'ata nehenes li. Okay, so it's by the uh, small uh, Rashi Bays, about 12 lines from the top of the Yomud. Let's remind ourselves what we're discussing. We had a Mishnah on, on uh, the previous daf, on Chaf Gimel Amad Aleph, towards the bottom. The Mishnah taught us, it was a little bit cryptic, but Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov said that when somebody wants to make a nether about his, uh, to his friend or against his friend, to motivate him to eat in my house. So Reuben says, Shimon, I, uh, Shimon, I want you to eat in my house. Shimon is not really interested. So Reuben wants to motivate Shimon, and uh, he wants to kind of be firm with him and tell him whatever he wants to tell him. Uh, if you don't eat in my house, you will never benefit from me, whatever it is. So Reb Lozminakov had an idea, and he says, prior to saying that, you should say, any vow that I will make in the future is null and void. And then when you make your vow, it's null and void. When you make your vow later, it's null and void. As long as you remember at the time of your later vow what you said previously. This way, your previous statement nullifying the vow will override your current statement. Because otherwise, I would think your later statement, the former statement, should override the latter one. How do you know? So he says, if you have in mind, it goes by, it goes by Das. If you have in mind, when, when you made the later statement that you recall your earlier statement... Memela, it's not a valid neder. And the Gemara had a shayla on the bottom of Chav Gimel Amad Beis. Does everybody agree with Rabbi Lazar Yaakov? Do the Rabban agree with him? If the Rabban do argue, who would we pass him like? And that's the shayla that we are coming to answer. Here we go. Tashma, come and listen. Person says to his friend, I'm making a kainam, an expression of a vow, um, that you cannot benefit from me. Conditional. What's the condition? Unless you, you give my son a core of wheat and two barrels of wine. Oh. So he says like this, you cannot benefit from me unless you give my kid this. Now in the previous case, what we had towards the top of the moment is when I said, I'm going to give to your child. You're going to benefit this other guy's child. Over here, you're telling the other guy, I want you to benefit my child. Okay. Remeir says, listen, if he doesn't benefit your kid, he doesn't give you anything. It's not, you can't consider this to be a motivational nether. This is a valid nether. This remains in place. And you're not allowed to benefit until he takes care of this. This guy who took the vow and he said, you cannot benefit from me unless you give my child the wine, the grain. I can remove my own vow. How so? Because I can simply say, Hareini ki'ilu hiskabalti. It, whatever has happened, it's as if I've already accepted it. Kind of like money is fungible, benefit is fungible. What I meant is that I want, uh, I'm insisting that my family benefits from you, my child benefits from you. Now this is if the child, the Mepharshim explained, is living in the father's home or at least is dependent on the father's finances. Then the father could say to, to this other fellow, no, there's no vow in place. You could benefit from me. There's no issue. Ah, you said I need to give your child wheat and wine. It's as if I already received it. I received enough benefit, ki'ilu that. Hence, it's been fulfilled. And the Chachamim say there's no issue of uh, Shimon benefiting from Ruvain. Now, 
Says the Gemara, Taima Damarinikilus Kabalti. The reason why there's no longer a vow in place is because Ruvain could say that to Shimon, it's as if my child already received the benefit that I demanded from you. But if he doesn't say that, it would still be a nether hanging over, uh, hang over his head and Shimon cannot benefit from Ruvain. Money, who's that author? holds this is just a, a nether to motivate. Ruvain is trying to motivate Shimon. And according to Rebbe Lezben Yaakov, it doesn't, it doesn't matter whether or not Ruvain... Uh, Ruvain says, it's as if I accepted it. Either way, it's just a motivational nether, so it's not effective. So Rav Lezben Yaakov cannot be the town of our Mishnah, because again, the town of our Mishnah it makes it dependent on, on Ruvain being able to say, it's as if I accepted it. According to Rav Yaakov, you don't need that. Either way, it's not a valid vow. He's just trying to inspire Ru- Sh- you know, Shimon. Elalav Rabbanan. It must be that this depends on Rabbanan, who insists that he say, it's as if I accepted it. This is not just a motivational nether. Who oh, please? You see, the Chum do argue. So at least we have half our question answered. Again, our Shiloh was somebody arguing on Rabbi Lazar Yaakov. Here you see the Chum do argue. Says the Gemara, no, no, Raya, Rabbi Lazar Yaakov. I can even tell you that Mishnah is Rabbi Lazar Yaakov. I. What was our question? Why does it have to be Kilu Kabalti? Why do we need it that it's as if he accepted it? By Rabbi Lazar behind Nidra Havi. Elazminakov will, will agree that in this nether of the Mishnah where he says to give to my child, you must give to my child, there needs to be some element of follow through. Why? Mishum the Omar Lay Lav Malka Ana the Mehanina Loch Vaat Loi Mahanes Li. I'm not a king who's here to be your local bank. I don't just give. I I insist that you give me something back in return. Meaning Rabbi Yaakov will say like this. When is a motivational vow not valid? That's when it's clearly a motivational vow. But when, you're, when you have a situation, when you have a setup, or even words that are expressed, that can, that can imply that I really do expect something in return. I'm not just going to sit here and give and give and give and give and give. The same way we said before, I'm not a dog who just takes and takes and takes and takes and takes. Blazinakov will agree that it's a valid nether unless you come up with some sort of statement, which is, it's as if I already accepted it. Bottom line is, we do not know whether the Chachamim argue on Rebbe Lezben Yaakov, and the second part of that would be, if they would argue, who we would pass like. So no answer yet. Here we go. Let's keep trying. Says to Ravashi, Toshma, come and listen. Let's try to answer the Shiloh from here. Nidarim vows that are in Aynas. It's an accident. Something happens that, that you make a nether about something that I have zero control over. For example, his friend makes a nether. I insist you eat a nether against you if you don't eat with me. And he can't eat with his friend. You know why? Because he got sick. His child became sick. They got COVID. They're in quarantine. Or all of a sudden, the river comes up and there's no bridge. There's no way to get across. Okay. So over here, the Gemara had said that Nidre Einsen is not a valid nether. Why not? Because something came up was out of our control. So that's not what our mind was on. I thought this guy, I'm going to make another against him. He's going to show up. And something else happened that, that I didn't have in mind at the time of my vow. Memela, it's, it's no longer a nether. Now, if not for the fact that the river came up, they got COVID, whatever it was, nether who? It would be a valid nether. Now, 
This case can very possibly be just a motivational nether. So, money, who's the town of this Mishnah? Even if it's Rebbe Lazben Yaakov, I don't understand why the river has to come up for it to not be valid. Either way, it's not valid because he's just trying to motivate him. So we have another proof that it's the opinion, there is the opinion of the Chacham, of the Rabbanon, who do argue on Rebbe Lazben Yaakov. And they insist, no, when you say something about joining your friend for a meal, the halach is going to be, it's a valid neder, unless something strange happens. And we consider motivational vows valid. Answer the Gemara, no, no proof in there either. Maybe even Rabbi Yaakov can agree with that Mishnah. What was the obvious question? So then why do you need, in order for the nether to be gone, why do you need the river to rise up? Why do you need the, the, the sickness? Do you think that the case of the Mishnah is that... Um, um, do you think the case is where the Ruvain made a nether against Shimon who he was inviting? No, let me explain what the case was. Really, the guy, Shimon, is saying this to Reuven. Okay? Shimon is saying to Reuven about making a nether against him. For example, what's, what, what's the situation? What's the circumstance? The Omar lay, Mizamtali Lisu and Omar lay in. Shimon says to Ruvain, "No, you're going to invite me for Shabbos." Ruvain says, "Sure." Neder See, so therefore Shimon says that by you telling me that you're going to invite me for Shabbos, well, I swear that your stuff is going to be ushered to me until that happens. In other words, Shimon's telling Ruvain, "Please don't make this the classic frumi." Invitation. You know what a frumi Shabbos invitation is? When you walk over to somebody and you say, oh, you're always invited. Always invited for Shabbos. And you never tell the person when exactly you want them. You say, you're, oh, you're always invited. Then you go over six months later and you pretend like you're insulted that the person never came over to your house. Shkoyach. Right? Shkoyach. You know how you come over? Invite me for a, Friday, a specific Friday night. A specific, I'm not just walking into your house whenever I want. Right? You want to invite somebody? Be, <laughs> invite them. Don't just be like, oh, yeah, one day I should have you. So Reuben says to Shimon, I want to invite uh, And Shimon says, I'd love to come. And it's also for me to benefit from you until it happens. Yeah, make it happen. Don't just leave this like an open invitation. And Reuben, yeah, I say, I take a vow. Everything's going to be forbidden. It's going to make it happen. And then what happens is, Reuven Taka wants to invite Shimon, that he comes over to his house. Reuven calls him Shimon. Shimon, who coming for the Shabbos? And Shimon says, sorry, my whole family has COVID. Yeah? Or, or the river got in his way. So then, that's considered a nether of Einsen, which is going, that's the circumstance where it needs to be removed. Again, the reason why there's no proof that anybody argues under Rebbe Ben Yaakov is because Rebbe Ben Yaakov's whole a whole uh, sheet, a whole opinion is in a case where it's Nidre Zerizin. It's a Nidarim to, it's clearly a Nadar, or most probably a Nadar to motivate. In these other cases, we're creating circumstances surrounding the Nadar showing that it's not just a motivational vow. Uh, hence, even our Blazer Yaakov will agree that it is valid. Okay, so we still don't have an answer. We don't know if the Chum argue and if the Chum do argue who we paskin like. So let's keep trying to answer that Ibailu, that Shaila from the bottom of yesterday's Dab. Here we go. Toshma, come and listen. Four lines from the bottom of Chav Dalit Omud Aleph. Yes, sir, okay. 
more than this. Somebody says this friend, I'm making a kind of an expression of a vow of benefiting from you. If you don't come to my house and you don't be my guest, and you eat with me hot bread, and take a hot glaze of the you know, you come and you take a hot drink. So I'm going to clearly and surely invite you to my house. The Hala Hikbid Kenegdai and the other guy was Makbid against him. He was Makbid, meaning he said, You're making a nether that, you know, we're going to come to my house and we're going to eat together. And if not, you're going to forbid my stuff. And I'm making a nether if you do come to my house, I'm going to forbid everything. Afelu Nidre Zerizim. So we consider these to be nidarim of zeros, of motivating each other. Again, what's motivating each other? Putting your, your um, making a line in the sand to show that you're, you're uh, sincere about your, uh, your statement. But the Chomim did not agree with Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov. Now, says the Gemara, what does it mean that the Chomim did not agree with Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov? Lav... Uh, Lav doesn't it mean top of Amud Beis the Afilu Bikamaisa? They don't agree in any of the cases that we're mentioning over here. Ushmamina, and you learn from here the Bligi that the Rabbanon argue in all cases of Rabbi Lozbinakov's statement, even by classic Nidre Zerizin and every other case that were mentioned prior. Shmamina, you takasi that the Chachamim do argue. Okay. Yeah, this would be a valid, this, this uh, b'risa would be a valid proof that there actually is a machlaikas concerning Nidre Zerizin. Because this is a case of Nidre Zerizin, it's a case of a motivational vow where they're clearly trying to motivate each other and to, and to show each other their sincerity in their statement. Rabbi Lozbin Yaakov says, it's not going to be a valid, uh, it's, it's Nidre Zerizin, it's not a nether, no concern. But the Chum weren't made, they didn't agree, and they don't agree in all, in all the places. Okay? Says the Gemara, bottom line, my have Allah. My have Allah. What is the halacha? Now that we established the first half of the answer, that there is a dispute, what about the second half of the answer? Who are we going to paskin like? Answers the Gemara, Toshma, come and listen from the following b'risa, the Omar, Rav Huna, halacha, and Yaakov, for the following statement. Ravuna says the halacha is like Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov that nidre zerizin. Um, when you make your line in the sand, it's going to be concerned nidre zerizin. It's not valid. Beautiful. All right. So Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov. Ultimately, we're saying the Chum do argue, yet we are following his opinion. We do paskin like this, and we do paskin like the Mishnah on the bottom of. Chav Gimel Amud Aleph. Beautiful. Okay, excellent clarity. Here we go. Next, Mishnah. We're now five lines from the top of Chav Dalid Amud Beis, 24b. Here we go. We're already familiar with this, and we had, before we had mentioned there's something called Nidre Havoy. If somebody makes a vow, and within the vow they are Havoy, they bring in other things that aren't necessarily included in what we, in the initial thinking, we're going to call this, there was an exaggeration here, and we're going to clarify what exactly that case is. So, 
For example, Omar Kainam, a guy who makes an expression of a vow, Okay, he says like this. Ruvain's talking to Shimon. I'm just going to set up a story. Ruvain's talking to Shimon. Ruvain says to Shimon, the highway we're going to go on, it's always traffic. There's always traffic. And Shimon's like, no, there's not. I've been on the highway many times. The roads are empty. This stretch of highway is empty. And Ruvain says, I'm making a vow. Any food that's in our car, when we get to the exit, and we get on the highway, if, there's, if we don't see the amount of people that left Egypt, that's how full the roads are. Otherwise, I'm not eating this food. He's insistent. He's doubling down. Now, it's an exaggeration. Okay, it's an exaggeration. What are we talking about? Or if he says, I don't see a snake like in the, in the um, uh, Akura Zabim, Beisabad is where they would press olives. Okay. Now, um, there's no snakes that necessarily live in Beisabad. He's just ex- connecting two things. Again, the first one, there were a lot of people by Mitzrayim, very nice, but the amount, you're exaggerating. And the second one, it's like, what are you talking about? A snake in places where they press olives. Who says snakes live there? What are you saying? So either way, he's like bringing in things that aren't real. It's imaginative. It's an exaggeration. And hence, it's not a valid vow. It's not a valid vow. Okay, these are examples of Nidre Havoy. Says the Gemara. Tono Nidre Havoy Mutar. Our Mishnah um, taught us, and the, here we're referring to a Brisa as well, that Nidre Havoy, when you have a nether, that's an exaggeration, Mutarim, so there's no vow. You didn't forbid anything. You could go eat your food, there's no issue. Shavua is Havoy, but if you make a Shavua, an oath, that is going to be Asurim, that is going to be valid. It's going to be a valid statement, and it's going to be considered... Uh, it's going to be considered a valid shvua. Okay, now, this shouldn't surprise us because as we learned prior, in general, shvuos, oaths, because of the transgression involved in the actual statement of an oath, every time you even phrase an oath, that itself is a problem. So oaths themselves are always treated more mach, more, we're more machmir, we're more chumradik on, uh, on oaths. Okay? So here we go. Hechi dami shuas avoi. What is the case of a shuas avoi? Zok the Gemara. Ilim adam shuas am lairisi b'derech hazeh. If he says I'm making a shuas, not an expression of another, but an expression of a shuas. If I don't see the amount of people who left Mitzrayim on this road, meidam kamar. Do you think that he means it? Says the Gemara like this. Very nice. You want to be more strict on oaths. But if something is not realistic, you know clearly that that's not what he was thinking. And if it's not what he was thinking. How can you say it's a valid shvua? Even a shvua, which we're more strict on, is dependent on the mindset. You know if a guy doesn't mean it, how does he know if it's Eilim Mitzrayim? How does he know? It doesn't matter. So why is it valid? Amr Abayabai says, Damar shvua shara'isi. He says like this, I'm making a shvua that one time I saw, and you think there's no traffic, one time I saw on this road, I swear 
that there, it was the amount of people that it was like the amount of people that left Mitzrayim. Okay, so listen, <laughs> you, you said it. You said it. Don't tell me you didn't expect it. You're, you're saying it happened. You're saying it happened. I'm like Rav. Rav says the buy. One second. Im came lonely the main bar. If a guy's if a guy's making a shul, if it, if I didn't see this, the amount of people left Mitzrayim, well. Uh, w- w- of course it's valid. Vaida, furthermore, Dumya Denadar Katani. I don't understand. I mean, aren't we comparing a shvua to a nether, an oath to a vow? And if we're comparing an oath to a vow, both cases need to be similar. Okay? Now, if we're comparing an exaggerated vow to an exaggerated oath, so, uh, and, and we say uh, one's, you know, by by an oath, it's going to be forbidden, whatever you said. And by another, it's going to be permitted. It's got to be, it's got to be uh, the, the same case, whether it's a vow, whether it's, a, uh, whether it's a, uh, an oath, whether it's a shul, whether it's another. Either you're talking about the future or you're talking about the past. So Rava does not like Abaye's differentiation between why by an oath it's valid because you're going to the past, but another it's not valid going to the future. That's not comparing two similar cases of Nadarim and Shruas. You're just comparing past to present as opposed to Nadar to Shrua. So Elamarova, rather Rava says, Ba'imer, the case is, where the guy says, Ba'imer, he says, I forbid all the fruits of the world, a lie, going to be forbidden on me, Bishrua, with a Shrua. It's forbidden on me with an oath. When? If I haven't seen on, on this road, like the amount of people that left Mitzrayim. So again, he's, he's referring to the past, okay? And this approach is going to, what Rav has gained by this is as follows. Even though we know that the fruits in both cases, I'm sorry, the, the fruits in, yeah, in the case of, we'll talk out, we'll talk for a minute of, where he says the amount of people left Mitzrayim, even though it's clear that that is a shvua of of um, havoi, it's a shvua havoi. He's exaggerating, but we still need this to teach me that the fruits are going to be mutter when the outcome is going to be like a shvua shav. When so, when when you know it was an unnecessary shvua. That would be the case of the Mishnah. By the case of the Brisa, it's referring to both cases of Havai. And now it's going to be similar to, we're going to compare the Brisa of, of Shvuos to the Brisa of, to the Mishnah of Nidarim. Hence, Rava's, uh, Rava's Tirutzim, are Rava's, I'm sorry, Rava's questions are both clarified with this approach. Says the Gemara, Amalei Ravina Ravashi. Ravina says to Ravashi, I don't understand something. Vidoma hai gavra, Maybe this guy, Kina Dishumshani Chaza. Ready for this? Maybe what he saw on the road is a bunch of little ants. And that's what he was talking about when he said the amount that left Mitzrayim. You hear this? The amount that left Mitzrayim. A lot of ants. They're all over the place. Maybe that's what he's talking about. Vishapir Mishtaba. And therefore, his oath wasn't necessarily such a strong exaggeration. Okay? In other words, what he's asking is, why is a Shvua's Havai, an oath of exaggeration, 
ever going to be valid. What you could say is that this person is not even talking about people. He's talking about bugs. He's talking about little ants. And now his statement is not really an exaggeration. I would venture to say that when you go on a, when you go on a road or you go on a path for a while, you're going to have the amount of ants on that path, amount of bugs on that path, that uh, similar to the amount of people that left Mitzrayim. And how do you know that he's really exaggerating? Maybe he's not exaggerating at all. Says the Gemara, top of tomorrow's daf, Omar Lay, survives says back to him, no, ki mishtaba adaita didon mishtaba. Don't assume he's talking about ants. That's a stretch. When somebody makes an oath, he talks in normal person language. Talks in normal person language. And no, a, a regular person in a regular vocabulary is not going to start comparing. And when they say, I swear on this road, there's the amount of uh, um, the amount of people that went up from Mitzrayim, you're not referring to ants. Okay? And therefore, that wouldn't be a good wiggle. It's not a good wiggle. Ask the Gemara, Is it true that a person, granted most people aren't thinking about ants, but maybe he himself is, is it true that a person doesn't use expressions within his oath of something that's on his personal mind? It's a very powerful question. Because we had said that the, 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 our answer just was that you can't, you can't consider that to be a lack of an exaggeration because we're talking about ants, because nobody thinks about ants. Ask the Gemara, maybe he is. He does think about ants. Just because other people don't, we're not going to consider that maybe that's what he had in mind. We learned to the Brisa, whenever judges... Have a person swear. There's times where a person is obligated to make a, make a biblical oath before he swears. So they say to him, "I'm Rimlai." They say to him, "Have you should know. We don't care what you have in mind in your own heart. We're not we're not here to play games. Ella, rather, when you state something, when you make an oath, al daitenu al das bezdim, you must have in mind. You are going to have in mind." With your statement, what we're thinking. You know, this is great. In other words, let's say Bezdin wants a guy to take an oath that he doesn't, Reuven is now obligated to take an oath, he doesn't owe money to Shimon. So Reuven says, sure, I'll take an oath. And he takes the Torah and he makes an oath. You know what he says? I swear in the name of Hashem with this Torah, I don't owe money to Shimon. You know what he's thinking in his mind? I don't owe money to Shimon Shmendrick. Ah. Yeah. I wasn't, I'm not lying. Maybe this Shimon I do owe money to. I'm thinking of a different Shimon. So I didn't lie. Because it goes by what you have in mind, right? So when I'm swearing, see, he said, I didn't swear falsely. I know Bezdin wants me to swear about this Shimon, but I'm really having in mind somebody else. I never lied. So what Bezdin says to him is, listen, buddy, when you take an oath in court, you, your words are going to follow our minds. What we, what we intend for you to swear, that's going to be your intention too. Lafuke mai, to exclude a case, lafuke dasiklule is kundri, is it talking about a case where let's say he gave somebody pieces of wood, and he starts calling wood coins. 
So in other words, he really owes the guy money. He paid the guy with wood. So they say, take an oath that you paid money. She takes oath I paid money. Same case. But really, in his mind, he's like, oh, I, I, I now call wood money. I didn't lie. Same as, same as Shimon Shmendrit. With Gamar al so once the judges say, you got to swear with our mind, Michlal, you can imply the Ovid Inish, the Mishtaba, that when a person generally does take an oath, it goes by their own intent. And therefore, the Gemara is asking a question, a very important question, which is when this guy said, I'm taking a Shvua, that on this road, I saw like the, the, mount, the, the mount that left Egypt. And we asked, I, maybe he's talking about ants. And we said, no, he can't be talking about ants because nobody's thinking about ants. Ask the Gemara, but maybe he is. And you see what a person's thinking, unless Bezdin tells you otherwise, what a person's thinking in their mind is what, a, is what an oath is all about. So it should be a valid, everything should be valid over here and it shouldn't even be considered an exaggerated shvua. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to hold it here for today. But the Gemara, what we're leaving off with is a challenging question. It's not a Shiloh, it's a Kasha, we're challenging. We had said that when you take an oath, it's not about what you're thinking, it's about what everybody else is thinking. And the Gemara is challenging that and saying, no, it's not. And I'll prove it to you that it goes by what you're thinking. Because in a court, Bezdin insists that we follow their train of thought as opposed to his. But if they don't insist, we do follow him. And if we do follow him, maybe it's Taka referring to, uh, maybe it's Taka referring to ants. And this is not an exaggerated shvua. That's the Gemara Kasha right now. We'll hold it here, Bezdin. We'll pick up on Matzi Shabbos at 6.30 p.m. on Matzi Shabbos, Bezdin Hashem. Um, with uh, continuation, we're going to try to come and, uh, and answer this challenge. Have a wonderful, wonderful Shabbos, everybody.